the Pro Tools Expert Podcast with Dan Cooper, James Ivey, and Alan Salabank. Hello and welcome to the Pro Tools Expert Podcast number 320. It's the 21st of May 2018. I'm Dan Cooper. I'm James Ivey. And I'm Alan Salabank. Deals. James, what we got this month? It's not the deals. I'm more about worried about Alan's voice. How can we take that on? <laughs> How can we possibly challenge that? Uh, anyway, back to the deals. For the rest of this month, our friends at Sonox are running an exclusive discount for the Pro Tools Expert, for the production expert community. An amazing 50% off the Sonox Elite Bundle. The Elite Bundle consists of seven world-class plugins. Oxford Dynamics, Oxford EQ, Oxford Inflator, Oxford Limiter, Oxford Transmod, Oxford Reverb, and Oxford Super Esser. All in AAX Native, VST, and AU formats. Check out the story on the deals page to learn more about these amazing plugins. These are really good. Uh, £774 without the deal, but you can get these for £372. That is that's a really good deal. Really good. Two pounds is really for, important, isn't it? Yeah. Wonderful. Well, it's worth it for, the, for Inflator alone. I mean, that's uh, yeah, just a fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. plugin. I love that. That is such a mm. cool magic plugin. James, what else have we got? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> save 20% on the brand new Butte Loudness Suite by Signum Audio, making it £199 X taxes for the surround version and £159 X taxes for the stereo version instead of 250 and 200 respectively. Don't miss your opportunity to get this brand new loudness analysis and normalisation suite at 20% discount. You can click the link in the podcast notes and also don't forget to check out the rest of the deals from our partners in the partner deal section of the deals page. And, and breeze. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on to some talking points and these are sponsored by our friends at Universal Audio. Good morning, children. This is Fab DuPont. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast Talking Points are brought to you with the support of Universal Audio. Do your vocal recordings need more shine? Are you in the market for a new audio interface? Well, if the answer to these questions is yes, now could be a very good time to buy a Universal Audio Apollo Twin as part of UA's new Apollo Twin Platinum Vocal Promotion. You can buy an Apollo Twin Mark II Solo and get Antares Altitune real-time free, or you could buy an Apollo Twin Mark II Duo or USB and get Autotune and the Manly Voxbox plugins free, or buy an Apollo Twin Mark II Quad and get Autotune, Manly Voxbox and Pure Plate Reverb plugins all for free. You can find out more about this and other deals the Universal Audio team are running by visiting newaudio.com or by clicking the link in the podcast notes. I always feel that they should be giving away the uh, pillows with these deals. Do you agree, uh, James? No, because I, I want the exclusive exclusivity, easy for me to say, on having an Apollo Twin Mark One and an Apollo Twin Mark Two. <laughs> so you've got twin mm-hmm. children and twin cushions. You, do you really think they get anywhere near my I was cushions? Say, <laughs> I was going to say my sofas in my house are ruined because of my my one four year old. Your your pillows must be ruined by now. You've had them for a little while. They are safely in the studio, well uh, well away from um, grubby little mitts. <laughs> Let's move across to our first talking point now. Kevin, uh, Master Kevin, he put together a really cool tutorial. Make quick vocal comps using playlists in Pro Tools 11, 12 and 2018. He shows uh, 
quite a few different methods that we've all used uh, over the years from Pro Tools 11, 12, and in currently uh, the version we've got now, 2018. Uh, but instead of talking about uh, Kevin's um, tips in his tutorial, uh, I want us to discuss how we do our vocal comps. Uh, and it might not just be we talk about uh, vocal comping, but also punching in instruments and Alan, of course, ADR. So I want to go to you, James, first uh, to get the ball rolling. How do you comp your vocals? Is it similar to Kevin's or have you got your own uh, workflow that's uh, unique um, to it's, you? It, it's very similar. I mean, I use this not only for vocals, but for um, guitar solos, um, all sorts of stuff where I've, I'm comping between takes. I do still use the promote to main playlist button. I do like that old the older style. Maybe I haven't embraced the 2018 version of doing things yet. Um, but I find I'm very, very quick at it. The thing I also like is if I'm recording a, a section, like a brass section, I can create, I can create a group and as I'm editing, I can be picking, I can maybe looking at the, at the alto sax part. And when I do an edit, it edits all of the parts in that group. So it might be editing alto, tenor, trombone and trumpet, which is fantastic it's really really neat to be able to do the things like that um i also use playlist editing when i've loop recorded as well that's really really handy um mm. to be able to just you know if you're blowing an eight bar solo or something like that and pick the best bits comp it all together shift things around if you need to uh, I, I understand the new 2018 version of of all of this stuff just picks it up and rolls with it a bit a little bit more um, but I haven't really embraced it yet. So I'm still in my sort of Pro Tools 11 and 12 way of doing things, but it, it works for me. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Loop. I, I mean, to be honest, when I'm recording vocals, I try and get it down in four takes. It very much depends on the artist. I've worked with some singers who we've gone, do you know what, I'm going to do another one just because we probably should, not because we actually have to. Hmm, safety. Um, just get one more, and even if you had it in the take before, you know you've got something else. Yeah, um, and I love working with artists like that because because you're you're picking between two takes, but you're going. Do you know what? I don't actually have an opinion on which of the these two takes is the better take. I love that. Um, I my my maximum number of takes on a track is 119. Uh, I won't say what instrument and I won't say which player, but um, she knows who she is. Um, 119 takes. It took forever to put it all together. It wasn't, to be fair, it wasn't 119 full takes. We maybe do the first four bars of something and each one of those would be a playlist. Then when you knock on to the next four bars, eight bars, whatever, I'd create a new set of playlists. So if you can imagine the track kind of moves diagonally through the playlist. So you maybe got four or five takes of each section. Um, but still, you know, when you look at a playlist that's a hundred and something deep and you just go, really? Hmm. Why? Where'd Why? You start? Yeah. But you know, you get, you get to your end result. It's not ideal. I, I like working with players, singers, performers who can just you know, nail nail it out of the park to miss to mix my sporting metaphors. Oh, I've really forgotten how to talk today. Um but we don't always have the luxury of working with that level of performer. We have to get out of it what we can. So um yeah, that's my take on it. Uh Alan ADR. Yeah. Yeah, I mean um I have dabbled with playlists with ADR. Um but we we they're still quite old school 
um, shooting ADR, and we actually have separate tracks for takes, and we actually comp up manually. Because uh, back in the old days, when it was all printing to 24-track or what have you, locked in sync, um, playback, going between, comping up takes on playback was a massive fader and mute button juggle. Um, and remembering you know, lots of marks on written paper, saying, oh, I go to that track then, that track then, that track then, that track then, for that word and that word and that word and that word. And it was just a complete nightmare quite often, half the time to do playbacks. And there was absolutely no way. The, the director had to trust the dialogue editor who would say, don't worry, I'll make something usable out of those last 24 takes of the word yes. <laughs> so it's um, that's the way it used to be old school-wise. And uh, because various ADR software and queuing software and uh, workflows have sort of come from that point, uh, they are still quite old school. So, um, so for instance, Video Slave, when, if you use Video Slave to control Pro Tools at the same time as uh, playing back the video, because it uses Huey to record select tracks and Huey doesn't extend to being able to manipulate the playlists, then it relies on having separate discrete tracks for each take you do uh, and manipulates it that way. So um, it's... It's sort of relying. It's got the limitation of technology because you're, you've got third-party things involved as well, uh, which also brings me because you, we're quite often working with DAWs that are not Pro Tools as well, um, yeah, especially stateside and in some of the leading the ADR studios in the UK as well. They're using things like Nuendo quite a lot, um, so it quite often is does get limited by the interchange format AAF or OMF as well so what that can bring across in 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 the communication as well so you have to sort of uh boil it all down to the lowest common denominator i mean i did quite like working with playlists for assembling up adr takes but there is one big issue with that in that with adr we quite often shoot uh one channel we we shoot a stereo recording uh the left hand channel has got the boom mic on it and the right hand channel has got the clip mic on it because that's emulating the most common configuration on the location set. So you're editing back, you're editing a stereo pair all the time, but you only ever really want to be able to listen to one side at a time of that stereo pair. So it gets really quite convoluted because you then have to start routing through aux buses so you can selectively solo the left or the right and all this sort of thing. So it gets a bit... um, messy when you work with playlists as well um but and as well you have to be using fitting software and such like that which uh, i know you do do on um on music vocals but not to the same extent where you have to absolutely time align absolutely every last syllable with the original so for ease of manipulating down the line it's uh it's always been a very manual process for us in adr mm, that's the thing. i'm stuck in the past um, compared to how you do it, James, and many others using playlists. Um, I don't use playlists. Um, I started on Pro Tools on which version was it? Six? No, five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how we sort of did this back then was uh, by, let's say, if you can do four takes, you load four audio tracks, uh, yeah. sign the inputs, and go from there, you know, V1, 2, 3, 4. And then you'd load an- another track, or you'd use the f- whatever track was mainly uh, the best performance, and then you would chop and add bits from the other takes into there, then you would hide and make inactive uh, the takes you don't want. That's how I've always done it. 
I'm well aware that playlists are there. I have dabbled with them. It's just, I have just cemented that old way into my workflow. Uh, And with my control surface as well, I quite like having each of my takes under my fingertips. So if I have eight vocal takes, I can use uh, mutes and solos to do quick auditions when I've got a client. So I'm going, okay, we're listening to number two. uh, And I've got that, let's say, uh, the only one I'm muted. And they go, I'm on here, number three now. And it's whilst I'm playing it, I'm not having to use the mouse. I'm just doing it with my fingertips. That's why I like to use uh, audio tracks instead of playlists. Uh, And I've had a few people comment on this uh, in some of the tutorials I've done in the past when I've had, you know, several vocal takes up. They go, why are you not using playlists? Why use a control surface? Um, Playlists don't really, you can't can't control them because it's still one track. You know, the volume of Mm. uh, your one audio track is the volume for your 119 uh, James um, play- playlists. Do you know what I mean? It's, it wasn't I me, by the way. Who I know it's not 100. you. No, I'm just, <laughs> you, you're the one that had to suffer it. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's me. Um, Interestingly, though, along along similar lines to playlists, um, I'm not a great fan of punching in. Uh, discuss mainly because I see I, I don't when I'm when I'm tracking drums. I hate the idea of trying to drop in. I mean, maybe if there's a, a, a four-bar gap or it breaks down to like a, a really simple symbol pattern or something like that, but I hate the idea of trying to drop in on a on the first beat of the bar or on a big cymbal crash or something like that because it's, it's never going to work. You're never going to land it absolutely bang on the money. Your, di- your dynamic, your feel is going to be off a bit as well. I like to play into these sort of things and then mm. find an area where uh, the dynamics and the feel of the two takes work together and that might well more, more times than not that's not the first beat of said bar that's sometimes a couple of bars before or a couple of bars after um where you can do a little crossfade and no one hears that you've done a, a drop in uh, as opposed to doing punch ins i'm not a fan of doing them really uh i know you're like this james you like to get as much of a performance down as in one take and if you need to patch your patch but you don't i'd, I'd rather it, stages it, 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 I'm I'm not very good at patching. I, I can never make it sound natural. Say unless it's a big gap. Um, I would much rather if it was a four minute track and I'm three minutes in. I'm quite happy to go stop, scrap that, back to the beginning. Yeah, same. Um, and, and 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 redo the whole track. Always same. I call that digging deep. And I always find that that actually um, gets. I call better, it being a player text. rather than being yeah. a techie. <laughs> well, no, you know, I find if you start to, you know, f- if you're thinking too much at minute three of a four-minute song, you're not feeling it enough, and that's when I find I've got to dig deep and go, "Come on, you stop thinking about the technical side of it. Think about the music. Focus on your performance. Get the performance. Maybe play it a bit, uh, play it back a little bit, so that you've got more um, room to, for your fingering on the piano, or you know." guitar or whatever get that performance and then listen back to it and if you feel you need to do it uh, a little bit more energetically do the whole thing again it's getting in the zone i think that's more important than feeling like that you can drop in at points and then just surgically put in a bar here or a section there i, I just i hear it it, it does it doesn't work for me it doesn't work for me i can hear it in my playing i can all of a sudden hear that i'm playing you know let's say uh, quite quite laid back and then all of a sudden I'm really energetic well, of course because I've jumped in there and I just want to get that bit sounding right so I've learned over the years that don't work um, Alan, well, I think it's different in the post world isn't it yeah <laughs> well I mean I'm, I'm I'm an old fart these days really because I'm I'm just having flashbacks to destructive punching on multitrack 
yeah, that's 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 where that's that's genuine fear. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and not yeah. e- not even twenty four track two inch. I mean, when I first started in London, we were using sixteen track two inch, uh, and also um, triple track or six track mag thirty five mil mag to record ADR to. So you only had six takes. Um, and then which had to be then, you know, know, completely taken note of very manually by a dubbing editor who's keeping a close eye on which tracks you're punching into. And you've got somebody else listening on headphones in the machine room to the playback to alert you if you're going in to record on the wrong track and everything like that. It was just a huge risk, risk taking operation and then if the, the talent wanted to go to more takes than you had tracks then uh you had to decide which one you're going to scrub so that's i'm I, I still sort of operate in that way i still treat things as destructive because i think you're right you i think if you're not going to get it within the first few takes then it is going to start sounding overly surgical even with adr with voiceover if they're taking 20 odd takes to pronounce one particular word, it's going to throw their stride for the rest of the take of the voiceover. So it's always best. I mean, preparation, preparation, preparation as well. Rehearse, 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 read it through properly, seek advice uh, about how things should be. Yeah. And, and don't be afraid to also correct grammar on it. If you can't read it properly, as we know from reading our podcast notes half the time, <laughs> which we've written ourselves, so we've yep. got nobody else to blame. So, you know, we stumble across things and think, oh my God, who it's wrote that? quite right, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so, it's a weekly um, occurrence on our podcast. <laughs> exactly. So, but that, it's the sort of things that can throw the dynamic of the recording session. So I, I think it's much better if a recording session flows smoothly, if everyone gets on, nobody gets completely wound up over on one syllable and we get the best thing we can do in the first couple of takes. Um, big um, name drop coming up. I, I did ADR with uh, Christopher Lee. Uh, and he did every, he did ADR a scene at a time. Wow. And he would do one take with the dialogue and then the second take with the breaths and then he'd be out of there. Uh, I believe I believe the phrase is pro. Yeah, yeah absolute yeah. pro. Yeah. And one of the best impersonators of Jack Nicholson I have ever met. Uh, as an aside, but anyway, that's <laughs> a, a, end of, end of name drop. But that's the thing when you when you get that sort of talent, they walk in, they do it in two takes, and they're gone. And you know they know they delivered their best performance. You know that you've got their best performance. It's such an honour to work with that sort of person because. They're, they're absolutely brilliant. But you, I mentioned you, you mentioned the word safety take um, earlier on, Dan, I think. Uh, one for safety. And uh, I'm, we were working with an actress who was a uh, lead role in one of the biggest sitcoms of the 80s on the BBC. And uh, we were working away, and she was nailing it pretty much first take. And the dubbing editor piped up and said, oh, that's absolutely brilliant, but can we get another one for safety? She whirled around, stared him in the eyes, and said, "Whose? Yours or mine?" Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh. Went, we're good. <laughs> I, so. I mean, I. It, it is funny. I, I sometimes feel, I won't say guilty. There's a certain amount of pride that comes in when you when 
a performer goes into your your booth to to do what they do, be they a, a voiceover artist or a player, performer, singer, whatever, and they just nail it. And you think, yeah, hang on, you, I, I've booked a two hour session with you. We're, we're fifteen minutes in, and you're done. I call um, that a tea break. Uh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so I'll do the edits. Done. And another tea break. I love those moments. I mean, that's when you hear stories that bands would cut five, six songs in a day. House of the Rising Sun, done in one take. Yeah. They just went into the studio, banged it out, left. But, you know, Classic. But we, we all tweak solos occasionally and stuff like that, but the, but the rhythm section parts for stuff should be able to go down in one, two, maybe three takes. There's a great um, hmm. McCartney line, I think it is, from when they were recording... Um, oh, not Bad on the Run, but one, one of the wing, one of the post-Wings albums, one of his new ones. Oh, um, Lost Be The Sound. No. Oh, I don't remember. Um, but... Um, he actually says, by the third take, he looks around the band and says, anyone got any problems? And then maybe one of the two of them say, yeah, nah. and he says, right, let's move on, it's fine. Well, let's do that. Competitions. Krotos Audio, the company behind Dehumanizer, Reformer and Weaponizer product range, have announced the new improved Reformer Pro. And we at Production Expert have an exclusive competition for one lucky person to win this groundbreaking software worth 399 of your earthly dollars. Please do be aware that this competition will finish on the 24th of May 2018, so you don't have long. Go over to the win page and click to enter this competition. Right, talking point two, an article by... Russ, D-A-W... Russ's rant. Russ's rant <laughs> is a magic moment. D-A-W, crash investigation. It's likely to be your fault. Uh, if you haven't read the article yet, do check it out. We'll put the link in the show notes. It's, a, it's an interesting take um, on uh, studio faults, uh, or fault finding, or maybe you were the one that caused the fault in the first place. Uh, human error, uh, really, is the, uh, is the tone of this. Uh, Russ compares... Uh, faults in studios like airplanes crashing and uh, there was this, there was this, <laughs> yes. certain certain um, lack of severity in yes. one of them and <laughs> yes. opposite in others but S- some statistics i can't remember off the top of my head of uh, most most uh, planes crash because of human error uh, and russ sort of, you know points the finger at us studio guys going well you know uh, daw crash uh, crashes they could be our fault human error um and instead of talking about the article because there's no point. Please read the article if you haven't yet. Uh, we're going to share some of our own personal experiences, uh, studio experiences, shall I say, um, where we've been to blame. Uh, I've got a fresh one, literally a week old, and you will laugh. And it's cost me some money, this mistake. We'll save that. <laughs> we will save that one for a bit later because I'm still a bit sore, but I feel I have to get this off my chest uh, so I can stop licking my wounds. <laughs> James, I'm going to start with you. Um, Name a, a, a studio crash, so we call it, or, or a problem where it was your fault, um, maybe, or or human error. Go on. Um, I've got a couple, a, a quick one and a not so quick one. Um, I've been asked to be a beta tester for many different software companies, and I have to admit, I'm a rubbish beta tester because usually 
I think it's the thing that I did that causes the problem or the crash. And I'm thinking, well, no one's going to use it like that in real life, are they? Like inst- instantiating and removing plugins while your track is running. Mm. Yes. Anyway, moving on. Um, the other one was was a bit more a bit more disastrous in the end. Um, quite a lot of um, retaking was was required. Uh, in the studio, I usually have my drum kit set up all the time, and then I'll. If I'm bringing a brass player in or a vocalist in, I'll put another mic up, but I'll leave all the other mics patched. And this particular occasion, I was recording a wind instrument and I was seeing good levels into Pro Tools and I was monitoring it. It all sounded okay. Um, and I, but I wasn't getting the tone I was expecting. And I thought, nah, do you know oh, what? No. It's probably just my ears. It's probably just my ears. Uh, we ended up recording said wind instrument through the second Tom mic, not oh, the mic that no. was in front of them. I've done it. I've done it with a guitar guitar cab mic. Um, so, vocal, it sounds a bit distant and recorded it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's definitely one of those, you know, I, I mean, th- there are some really great software savals now that are available to us. Um, some really crazy stuff by many and various companies that would not have been around 10, 15 years ago. The stuff that you just go, how on earth does it take the reverb out of that or take the distortion off of that or declip that or whatever? Um, but no, that was definitely a moment of, hmm, uh, do you fancy coming in and re-recording it? Because I can't get it to sound like all the other parts sound. Oh, that's an epic brain fart that, uh, Alan, come on, you must have a couple. Oh, or or or, or or times you've been in the studio and you've seen human error uh, cause cause <laughs> well, a problem. Okay, um, one of the things we have to do with every television program that's distributed outside of the UK is mix what's called the M and D track, which is the music and effects. So it's the entire final mix of a program, but without the dialogue. So you've got foley added to fill in the where the production sound's been taken out and all this sort of thing. Um, however, these used to get done at the end of the session, very end of the session. Generally, we've already cracked open a beer and we're sort of, you know, relating back <laughs> our experiences from all this sort of stuff. And, um, well, I was party to an M&E being mixed with an open mic left open on the desk. <laughs> so an M&E combined with a... Um, a full and ranging critique of the producers and directors <laughs> got sent to the VT boys to send abroad. <laughs> and luckily, the morning after, I had to attend the layback, which is where you married up the DAT sound to the to the, the, to the videotape, uh, with a severe hangover, thought I was hearing things, and then got some odd looks from the engineer, and he went, Let's go back and do that later. <laughs> but that was back in the days of no automation as well. So, yeah, that was a pretty gigantic cock-up. Um, I mean, the, the usual stuff that's tripped me up has been um, things like getting time code rates wrong. Um, it's, uh, the one other classic one I had was back in the days of using a piece of kit called the AMS audio file, which was... Uh, late eighties, early nineties, um, early DAW, which had it was an awesome piece of kit, amazing piece of kit, beautifully built. 
um, use the same transputers as cruise missile guidance systems. Um, but uh, the it had a quick save button on the dedicated control surface. And uh, I was working with a particular director who would always, every 10 minutes, say to me, she would say to me, have you hit quick save? Have you hit quick save? And I was yeah, always doing that. Yeah, yep, yeah, clunk, there you go. Clunk, there we go. I got a bit fed up one day, particularly of this director saying this all the time. So I said, yes, I bloody hit it, bang, on the button. At which point the IEC main supply fell out the back of the control surface. <laughs> 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 and we lost everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. so, yeah, never take it out on the kit. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, it's I'm... not the kit's but I, fault. <laughs> but I would say, though, about... just yeah, you know, I know we're not talk, supposed to be talking about Russ's article completely, but the analogy, I think, of the plain software to a DAW... It sort of works and it doesn't, but because the main thing is, if you wouldn't try and uh, fly a 747-800, which is completely computer-controlled, as part of a Red Arrows routine, if you try to pull those manoeuvres using the software in a 787-800, the, uh, the big planes, it would crash, because you're trying to do it, use it for something that's not been designed to do. And I think this is the important thing, because before you start blaming sticky fingers, fat fingers, whatever you want to call them, start thinking about, actually, is this meant to do what I'm trying to get out of it in the first place anyway? And have that designers actually thought about that, that I want to do it this particular way? Because back in the early days of DAWs and digital consoles, I got so fed up with one of the stock phrases I used to hear from developers, which was, oh, yeah, but you wouldn't do it like that, though. And I said, yeah, no, I would. And if it can't do it like that without crashing, then you need to redesign it. So, I mean, there, there is a point to be made about this. And I think you have to be, yeah, when you, when you, before, like you say, James, before you jump to the assumption that you've caused the crash, start thinking about the situation a bit more. Yeah. 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 All right. Time, time for me to, uh, <laughs> admit my mistake um that happened last week well, over the last few weeks but it was last week it all sort of come uh, came out um one of my teglers uh, stopped working my schwercraft machine and you know what i, I idolized that thing what? You know, i know i know and no! I, was, I was like no and i thought okay it's not working it was in a client session as well so it caught me off guard i turned it on i was about five hours into a session so i was starting to feel a bit tired I thought, right tegler time it's not working. The needles aren't going. I thought, well, I'm not going to worry about it now. I'm in a session. I'll use the creme. I'll use the other one. doesn't matter. I'll get on with it. Got to the end of the session. I thought, I'm too tired to look at this now. I'll look at it in a few days. A few days turned into a week. I couldn't get this thing working. Load up different Pro Tools sessions, previous Pro Tools sessions that uh, I had it on as an insert hardware and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, you know, I'm going through the process of working out what's wrong with it. Maybe it's me or maybe it's the machine because this particular one was one of the first they made. I think it was one of the first in the UK. So could it be that? I don't know. I'm not pointing fingers. Anyway, check down the around the back of my rack where it's an absolute mess, uh, like any back of rack is. Um, okay, all looks good. Uh, followed the uh, ins and outs of, from the Tegla down the D-subs. Yeah, it's all good. It's not working. Uh, so I thought, okay, I'm going to send it back to Tegla. Contact them like, oh, no, don't look. Send it back to us. We'll get it 
sorted, whatever's wrong with it, and we'll send it right back. Okay, cool. You know, all mates. Uh, and I had the reverb, the Ramsites machine to also send back as well, because I just finished the review. So two large boxes leave the house. And uh, yeah, the value of these two things put together is about £7,000. So I paid the insurance on FedEx. It was about 350 odd quid, something like that. Because uh, I didn't want them getting lost or broken. Yeah, I own one of those. I don't own the other one. I didn't want to pay for something that gets lost or broken. Uh, <laughs> my Shrewcraft comes back. I plug it in the hole in my rack where it's been missing for a week and a half or something like that. And it's still not working. I was like, no, what's going on here? Then I really thought, okay, it can't be it can't be broken. It must be my studio. Pulled the studio apart to find that I was using the wrong bloody D subs into the back of it. Um, <laughs> I unplugged the sharecraft to do the review of the round site machine. And James will sympathize with me here. When we do reviews like this, our studios get ripped apart. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely get torn apart. And, you know, on the, uh, on camera, our studios look nice and tidy. If it looks on the other side of the, uh, the lens. <laughs> well, it's in, in my case, if you, if you look normally about three inches out of shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing um, is, I, I, I pulled the Ramsite machine out after I finished with it. The stereo ins and outs that I used that were originally in the Tegla fell down the back of the rack and I've picked up the other set that I, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, input five and six, output five and six off the other set of D subs and plugged that in the Shredcraft machine. Didn't use it for like a week and a half until I had my client in. That's what threw me. Oops. So it was my fault completely my fault Tegla I'm so sorry thank you for having a look at it and sending it back uh yeah egg on my face say, did they say anything well uh they've been at that drum thing this week what was it called James <laughs> uh drums and percussion <laughs> drums and, with that, yeah percussion they've, they've been at that and the guy that I I talked to who sorted all this out has just gone on paternity leave he's had twins Chris congratulations Hooray! if you're hearing this oh. um yeah he's had him in stereo uh yeah so uh, yeah, it was just one of those sort of times. I'm usually on the phone to them when anything goes wrong, but I know they had a lot on. So, yeah, completely my fault. It cost me three, 350 quid, that mistake. Uh, yeah, I should have just been more... I should have put, That all learn, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I should have just pulled the studio apart that day uh, when I realised it wasn't working. But hey, hey-ho. It, it is one of those... Lesson learned. It, it's one of those things that I do get... Uh, I, I won't say frustrated with because it's part of the quote-unquote job, but... My studio's never in one state of readiness for more than about two or three weeks with gear coming in and going out again. It's it's quite frustrating in a, in a in a really good way. And I, it sounds ridiculous, but you know when we try to test interfaces, it's all very well saying, "Oh, let's just do a recording on it." But you want to say the way I learn if I like something or how to use it is to use it. You plumb it yeah. right in, don't you? You've got yeah, so much and it, stuff. It, yeah, it goes into rack rack mounts and it gets. Properly you know, used, used. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So by the time you get to see it on a on a test session, on the session that makes the review or whatever, it's probably been used 10, 15 times on client work and stuff like that. So if I if I like it, I generally know I like it. Okay, it's time to move on to questions from the community, and these are sponsored by our friends at RSPE Audio. The Pro Tools Expert Community Feedback is brought to you with the kind support of RSPE Audio Solutions. Great people and great prices. RSPE is proud to announce the new ASC Nano Attack Wall. It's a mini version of the ASC Attack Wall that takes all of the acoustic benefits of its big brother and shrinks them down to fit on your desktop. 
Get a reliable, repeatable and accurate sonic space that's extremely portable so you can take it with you when you move or work in another studio. Learn more at the RSPE website with the link in the show notes. Right, you ready for this, boys? Go for it. Cover me, I'm going in. Go for it. Uh, first question this evening from Gopi Utas Govindaswamy. Well done. Well done. I'm, I'm well going done. with that. Yeah. And I'm sorry, yeah. if I've butchered that i do apologize uh and he or she we don't know says uh dear pro tools expert team i'm excited using pro tools software for my application on windows 7 machine i'm researching on automatically opening playing and closing the session files using python this feature would enable me to play with pro tools much better please help me how to automate the open play close options in windows Alan, this sounds like one for you. Um, other than a snake that constricts its prey, I have no idea. And actually, and the pipe that goes between the pub and the cellar, I have no idea what Python is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, I had to do a bit of research about this as anyway, because the last coding I did was many moons ago on Z80 assembly code on a ZX Spectrum. So it's, um, but it, it appears to be uh, another pr- programming language. Um, and it seems to be very powerful and very versatile. So it seems to me that you're only really limited by your knowledge and imagination. So, um, that's me done then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, what I would say is keep us posted about how you get on with this. Cause, uh, I, there have been lots of macro type software available for, uh, Mac users. I haven't heard so many for Windows. Uh, that's all been more the sort of programming side. Um, but I'd also be an- interested in finding out if anybody's managed to get voice commands working with Windows 10 Siri equivalent, Cortana. Now, I've managed to make it do things like open applications like Pro Tools, so I can say Cortana open Pro Tools and bing up comes Pro Tools. But short of that, um, I haven't been able to say Cortana play or anything like that yet. But uh, I'm sure it's possible, but I'm, I'm, I think somebody needs to sort of dig in and get a bit more uh, techy than I'm capable of at the moment. But yeah, uh, it sounds like a good idea. Keep us posted, and uh, if we come up, if you come up with anything great, and we're happy to share it with the community, let us know. Okay, Cameron Rochi uh, has been in touch. Hi guys, I heard on your podcast a few weeks back that Avid were adding the complete plug-in bundle licenses to owners of Pro Tools HD, or Ultimate rather, with a one-year upgrade and support plan. I have an active plan that extends to September, but I still haven't seen the licenses deposited in my iLock license manager. Is there something that I'm missing here? Also own a separate copy of Pro Tools Vanilla System Mac Pro 20, uh, 2009, uh, flashed to a 5.1 system on Sierra Pro Tools 2018 Ultimate latest release. Right, Mike's been in touch. He's had a little look in this, uh, and Mike says, as we reported when Avid announced uh, 2018.4 and Pro Tools Ultimate, they said that it could be a couple of weeks before plugins, uh, before the plugin bundle and machine control assets would be placed in the user's accounts. So just uh, wait out for a little bit longer, Cameron, and uh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it's alphabetical, actually, because, I mean, mine only turned up last week as well. There so, you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it that go. We'll have to see. Patience, patience, patience. Mm, patience yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, <laughs> Where would hospitals be without them? Mm, yeah. Yes. Um, so, Garrett Robinson, friend of the blog, says, Hello, Pro Tools expert. I am hoping you may have some insight into my issues as I am, understandably, running out of resources for diagnosing an aging Pro Tools 8 HD system at the studio I work for. Mac Pro 1.1. Well, that's going back some. I know. Um, OS X 10.6.8, Pro Tools HD um, 8 with an XL2 system, two Digi 96 IOs. I'm experiencing issues where audio recorded or imported into Pro Tools doesn't play back appropriately. Audio plays back when the playback head passes over regions. It was regions back then as well. Um, But the audio is not what I recorded. Often it is replaced by full-scale white noise. Oh, I know where this is going. Or audio unrelated to the session. The channel meters and the waveforms on the edit window follow what was previously recorded, but nothing to do with what I'm hearing. I do know where this is going. Um, this issue doesn't happen very, on every session, but once it happens, it I can't figure out a way to make it stop. I've tried making new sessions and importing the audio from the old sessions with no luck. I've also made a new boot drive with a fresh install of OS X 10.6.8 and Pro Tools 8 with no other third-party software or plugins, and the issue persists. I'm also experiencing a session where the fades won't work. They appear on the screen, but when it comes to time for them to play back, I don't hear anything. Fade-ins or fade-outs. Or I hear no sound at all. Crossfades. This issue persists after aforementioned troubleshooting steps as well. Both issues persist after trashing the preferences. Neither of these issues persist when opening up the affected sessions on different computers. Oh, interesting. Running newer versions of Pro Tools. Any help or guidance is appreciated. I've already tried uh, screaming into the void that is the DUC. uh, And the age of the system, I don't know where else to turn. Thanks, Garrett. Um, Yeah. I've got an idea on this one. Alan and Dan, I think we all have on this Mm. one a little bit. Yeah. Alan, go for yours first. Yeah, well, I I, I would say it points towards the, the media source. Um, or yes, the disk interface. Um, I don't know. Uh, that, would they? Um, with, with that age, Mac Pro, were they still using um, Atto cards for the disks? Oh, I think oh that's God! A bit free, that isn't it? This is the first yeah. Mac Pro. This is about, you know that's twelve yeah. twelve years old. Well, we're, we're probably talking Firewire attached drives, aren't we? At li- uh, yes, right. definitely. Yeah. Four hundred was on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that could yeah. be. That could be a. Um, but it could be a dicky firewire card as well, couldn't it? It could be. It could be. Um, the the reason, I, as in my my cringing as I was reading through this, this has all the. Do you remember the session that I lost about this time last year uh, through hard drive failure, yeah. uh, and then using various tools to recover the hard drive failure only made things worse. Um, and I would see the images of the waveforms that were supposed to be there, or I'd get greyed out wave um, blocks, region blocks, things like that. Um, or I'd get just sporadic, awful-sounding white noise. It was awful. Um, so I think, yeah, Alan, you're you're onto it. The reason it probably doesn't it works perfectly on other machines. Do they have the audio file? I, I have, do they actually have the audio files on those machines? Is the link back? 
to you know where where Pro Tools says, "Oh, I know where that file is. I know where that file is. I know where that file is." Did those audio files originally come from those machines, from the other machines? It sounds like it sounds like that to me. It sounds like Pro Tools is confused as to where it has to get its audio from. It could be, but I think it could be uh, the card. Um, it's it's an old card. Uh, it's an important part of the well, HD system. Yeah. It could really be that it's an old card uh, in an old Mac. The fans might not be working too well in the old Mac. That could damage the cards. I, I check the compatibility. Your your operating system and version of Pro Tools all work together. So it's not as though you're uh, got a new version of OS and things are you know not sitting nicely together. Good news is, um, you know, these if you bought these cards secondhand on eBay. They are relatively cheap now, so you could get a replacement for next to nothing. I mean, I've seen these the old HD oh, cards yeah, go that- for nothing, really, you know silly cheap money so if it Especially was if the cards, pcix as well i would have thought that'd be this yeah. would have been pcix yes, yes yeah. you're right yes as yes so really you know you're talking 50 quid so if you yeah. did need to replace it it's uh a cheap fix if it is the cards have you tried um oh if, if you know anyone that's got a card similar uh swapping them over seeing if it's that uh and you say that it was working this works on other machines your your sessions don't cause this problem oh is, is, there, a, uh, is there a, a ribbon cable goes between the cards yes there is and it's is it not seated ter- uh, yes. yeah reseat your cards that's the first yeah. thing to try reseat your card we've all done it i've forgotten about, about that but yeah, yeah it was the yeah. it was the first go-to thing with all the digital yeah. consoles reseat yeah. your card because you might have moved your mac in 12 years let's say you've had your card in there for 10 uh, if you've moved your Mac around constantly and whatever, that could just move a little bit, giving you some issues. So take it all out, put it back in. May as well do your RAM whilst you're there. Uh, give it. May a as well get the, get, the, get the Hoover out and the, yeah, and yeah, yeah, definitely get the all of those things. Out, yeah. Give that a go. Yeah. I mean, I had a problem with my Pro Tools system uh, year before last, and I was so frustrated with it. It was um, lagging. It was like a graphics card problem, and I thought, this is it. This is it. I'm going to be saying goodbye to my Mac Pro any day now. Um, and I was talking to you going, please help me find a PC replacement fast. Oh, and I just got yeah. so wound up with, uh, and you, yeah, you did, thank you. I got so wound up with this, I thought, sod it. I got the Dyson and I <laughs> stuck it inside the machine. I thought, it's already broken. I can't make it any worse. I honestly, I shit you not, put the Dyson in there, <laughs> took it all out. I thought, right, if it doesn't work, it's my own fault. I don't, I just don't care anymore. And it stopped, the fault stopped. It kept working. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not saying be heavy handed with that. Throw it, made it worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I was ready for it to be worse, but you know, I snapped at this point. And uh, yeah, there was a, a guardian angel that went, "Okay, you've got one more go at this Mac now." Uh, yeah. So yeah, reseat your cards, give it a dust, give it a spring clean, and see what happens. See what happens. See if that helps. One other thing, I just want to add to this: on the systems where it's working, do a save copy in of that session oh yeah and create a brand new version of that session with all the all the media and audio you need that way and then and put it in your drive that is going to all the 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 media that's going to transfer from one system back to yours try that and get back to us um there's a few things to be going on with there so so definitely come come back to us Yep. Check the power supply on the Mac because I mean I've had consoles go down because they are 0.01 volt under the the right voltage. 
So yeah, give your Mac a service, give it a good clean out, check it again from that point, I think is the best best way forward, definitely. And stay in touch, let us know what, uh, how it's going. This this does actually sound really interesting. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Willie Elias, uh, good morning. My question is audio post related. Well, Willie, we've got Alan in. Uh, we are looking for a solution within Pro Tools to import session media to an existing session without affecting or changing current plugins or level automation. I'm referring to a mixed session that is divided into reels but needs to be completed on one session. How to import media to the same tracks you are using for the mix without changing your current work. Uh, I would appreciate information on how to make that workflow work. I've done many tests and it seems I can import the media to the same tracks, but all my prior work done on those tracks was changed. Uh, we are currently on Pro Tools 12.8.2 Mac. Alan. Well, yeah, um, I've, I've, had, I've had this an awful lot uh, before. And um, there is a function in the import session data where you are supposed to be able to overlay an imported session and match tracks so that it shouldn't wipe out your automation. However, as most Pro Tools veterans will know, you only need to get a, a, a breakpoint inserted in the wrong place in your automation name, it's screwed. So the safer way to do that, plus also uh, yeah, the, the safer way to do that is to import them as new tracks and then move them up in sync onto your existing tracks. Uh, because the other thing about uh, importing uh, separate reels into one master session is that you have you're you're really relying on the consistency of the sound editor. So um, I always prefer sound editors to over specify how many tracks they're using rather than start expanding when they get into like reel three or four or five. So you know a, a session that can start off with say. 16 Foley tracks can end up by the end of the film with 32 Foley tracks. And if you had to keep on adding all those sort of things, basically think pessimistically at the beginning and go from there. Uh, you don't have to worry about that if you're not using match tracks. So if you're importing as new tracks and then moving them up onto the corresponding tracks that you want, then you can do that. Uh, in the latest version of um, 2018, They've also got, you, you can actually really delve down into what session data you're importing as well and really be selective about it as well, which is really handy. Uh, so it might be worth pushing up to 2018 and uh, having a look at the import session data settings on that. Uh, but yeah, definitely don't uh, overlay and match tracks. Um, it's, it's the road to hell. Right, Michaela Tessengari. Hi guys, first of all, thanks for being an amazing website. Uh, secondly, I'm currently on Pro Tools HDX and, I have, and I'm a bit worried about upgrading to Ultimate as my uh, interface is an Apollo Orion 32 HD and I cannot be 100% uh, certain that I won't have any compatibility issues. Have you heard of any? James, uh, you've owned one or two uh, antelopes. Uh, um, I think you can speak to this, can't you? I can. You can try. Uh, I can. I'm using... 2018 Ultimate. I also use an Antelope Orion 32 HD on my PC and I've used it on my Mac uh, and it's been nothing but fantastic. Uh, no issues in the upgrade process. I'm not saying there won't be any for you, but my rigs have been fairly well abused over the years. Uh, so yeah, you shouldn't have any problems. It just works. Antelope are in the middle of doing a massive driver refresh for the Windows platform to give us the same number of tracks as the Mac platform. Hooray! Thank you, Lovely. Antelope. <sighs> um, so, so yeah, 
go ahead and, and crack on. Pro Tools Ultimate. Is the next version going to be Pro Tools Awesome? And followed by Pro Tools Phenomenal. I don't know, it just doesn't sit with me. Pro Tools Amazing. Amazing, yeah, yeah. It'll always be, always be HD to me. Mark DeWaters writes, uh, you're always so helpful. Thank you very much. He continues, um, <laughs> though I try this one on you. Thought I'd try this one on you. I've been using Melodyne 4 Studio for a while. I think this has got Dan's name tattooed on it. Uh-huh. Um, as a Pro Tools plugin, and it's awesome. Phenomenal. Surely that, that should be awesome. <laughs> Phenomenal. Awesome. Uh, but sometimes I find myself needing to use Melodyne on a bunch of tracks at once, i.e. creating multiple harmonies from one original vocal. Sometimes PT can get a little overwhelmed with all of these plugins. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> though I would try using Melodyne, thought I would try using Melodyne as a standalone. I haven't done that yet. The question is, where should I import the audio from? I know that I can bounce the tracks and create new audio files, but is there a better is there a better way? Uh, when I import the already existing files from the Pro Tools session audio files folder, they do not import in sync. Not sure how to have them line up together in one Melodyne session. Haven't had any success finding a solution to that on this one online, which is what led me to you or to Dan in this case. Any light you can shed would, as always, be most appreciated. Many thanks from Mark. Okay, Uh, I think this is an easy fix. So let's say you've got three uh, vocal tracks in Pro Tools, you've got three instances of Melodyne and your system may be falling over um, because Melodyne is a little bit of a hog on the CPU. So you want to use the standalone version in the applications folder on a Mac, no problem. Um, if you've got your three audio tracks, your clips starting at different times, if you export them out or use the uh, the audio files in your Pro Tools session folder, audio files folder, of course, they're all going to start at... Uh, beat one, bar one, whatever in, in uh, Melodyne. And uh, yeah, they're all going to be out of sync with each other. So a really easy fix is to uh, consolidate um, all three tracks uh, and make new audio clips from the very beginning of your Pro Tools session. So you end up with three clips, all the same length, start to end, and then you can rename them, call them Vox Mellow 1, Vox Mellow 2, Vox Mellow 3. That will be renamed in the audio files uh, folder in your Pro Tools session folder and import them into Melodyne. And there you go. You can use your standalone application. Everything should be uh, in sync when you're in Melodyne. But more importantly, when you export it back out again and re-import it into Melodyne, it will all be in time. There you go. Sweet. Simple. Just simple. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast is created using Source Connect Now from Source Elements. Register now for your free account at now.source-elements.com. If you have ever tried to do interviews over the internet with apps like Skype, you will know how hit and miss the audio quality and connection can be. And even on a good day, it isn't really good enough for a long-form interview. We now use Source Connect Now, which offers ISDN equivalent quality using a Chrome browser with no software to install. To get your free account, follow the link in the podcast notes. UJAM Instruments plugins are your studio companions, always on call when you want to ride, play and record tracks. 
Take seat in the producer's chair and tell your player what you need. This means a maximum of musical and sonic integrity and versatility and a minimum of your precious energy required to get there. Discover our virtual instruments at ujam.com. Right, uh, it is that time of the podcast Please, can I, where... Can I please, can I please, please, can I, can I please? Where we all shut up and James says... It's time for Find of the Week! I'm so putting that through... I'm putting that through Isotope uh, vocal synth next week. That's going to be a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Find of the Week. Alan, what's yours? Well, uh, fittingly for my tone of voice at the moment... um, Peter Gabriel has just released his entire back catalogue on Spotify. And it's terribly lo-fi, I know. As a sound engineer, I really shouldn't be bothering with this sort of glossy, uh, mass-distributed medium. But it's the remastered versions, and it is full and full of bass. Nice. It's lovely. I, I mean, and it really pays homage to tony levin who is the master of the chapman stick on all those tracks and, and funk fingers lovely oh yeah yeah absolutely just beautiful bass playing uh just an amazing race range of sounds on there detail i'm listening to it off my phone on bluetooth headphones off spotify and i'm hearing detail that i didn't use to hear in the vinyls and the cds that i've got of it so whatever they've done with that remaster, whatever they've dug out of the woodwork, it's worked really, really well. And I would recommend to anybody, give your ears a sonic treat and have a listen to the new remastered versions of all the Peter Gabriel tracks. Must have hit it with a sledgehammer. James, what's your flight? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd sneak that in. Do you know what? I was, I was trying to come up with something vaguely... Vaguely Gabriel-esque, but... Um... Well, it's games without frontiers, but just don't give up, all right? <laughs> James, what's your flight of the week? Um, not very exciting. We spoke earlier about my um, need to have everything neat and tidy in the studio, or at least attempt. Um, and I bought recently a Cisco switch because I'm getting getting a bit more audio over IP and a bit more savvy on those sort of things. I thought I'd actually going to do it properly, get all the supported kit. But of course, didn't buy a brand new one because they're expensive using the glories of eBay. But this particular one came without rack here. So I was like, I don't want to put it in a one U rack frame and which takes up two U and looks messy. So I found on the glory of eBay a guy making rack ears for out of out of date kit. So um there's a link which we'll put in the notes um to an eBay post about rack ears. But and the cool oh. thing is because there's so many holes on these things they're going to fit lots of different pieces of kit. So as long as it's, you know, if it's 19 inches wide, the the gear minus the ears, I don't see that these aren't going to fit most sizes uh, of screws. And I'm just looking at it now. That's that's brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. Yeah, and they were utterly brilliant. I like that. And they were uh, like a tenner. Tenner. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, thank you to uh, whoever the eBay auction was by. Um, I guess they make them, Yeah, Com- I guess yeah. they make them themselves because you know they don't match color wise. But that's not what I'm interested in. There's enough holes in there to fit, fit most things. Uh, so so yeah, check those out and save yourself a small fortune. 
Dan, how about yourself? It's blue. <laughs> oh dear. Is it expensive? Oh, it's not actually. This one isn't that expensive at all. Uh, I think it's great value for money. Um, it's going to be expensive. Let's put it this Georgie, it's Georgie, Georgie whatever it is, it's great value yeah. for money. Close your ears now. Just in case you hear. I now have something if in. You don't want to know the value of the kit. Turn away now. Turn away now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, I now have this uh, area of my studio I call the German corner. Um, it's, uh... <laughs> oh, oh, so many lines, so little time. <laughs> no, didn't mean it that way. Didn't mean it that way. This is said with love. Promise you. <laughs> really is. Blimey. <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, I know uh, for those of you who don't know why that's quite so funny, um, uh, history. <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. Um, in my rack on that side of the room, I have got uh, four Tegla uh, audio manufacturer devices. And um, yeah, I've been milking their uh, free 14 day trial of their gear for the last, oh, I don't know, year or so, a bit longer than that. And uh, it was time to get the EQ in. And uh, yeah, whoa, this thing is very impressive. Like the rest of their gear, the EQP1 passive uh, EQ. Uh, it's dual mono, or you can use it as stereo. Um, yeah, blimey. I spent the weekend going through old mixes and just doing, putting it on the master and just playing with it going, oh my God, why? I should have had this before. And then I was doing a, little, a few more tests. So what, what would this sound like with the Schwercraft in after it? And then, <laughs> then what would it sound like with another layer of gentle compression and a little lift at 16K? So running it through three, the EQ, the Schwercraft and the Creme, that's the best part of seven grand's worth of gear there. And my word, running it through that much, that many tubes is amazing. It's just, yeah, James, when you come around in a few weeks, Bring some mixes. You're going to be blown away by this. Yeah, how's um, your piano? Need to get that sorted. Yes, the piano does need tuning. Yeah, and my aircon blew up, so I need to fix that as well. Uh, but I won't be able to afford to do both of those because I think I'm going to be buying this in QP1. So, yeah, that's my find of the week. And uh, whatever my find of, of the, uh, find of the week next week is, it's just going to be something really cheap and silly because this, I think, really, really is a find of the month. Anyway, on that... Um, <laughs> find of the week uh, it's time to close so it's good night from me it's good night from me it's good night from me it's good night from me